Today's date is April 2nd. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, starting on page 33, the chapter to be gravely affected up to and including uh, the paragraph on page 35 that starts what sort of thinking. And Felicia will be our reader followed by a 20 minute share by Sean. Felicia, go ahead. Okay, to be gravely affected, one does not necessarily have to drink a long time nor take the quantities some of us have. This is particularly true of women. Potential female alcoholics often turn into the real thing and are gone beyond recall in a few years. Certain drinkers who would be greatly insulted if called alcoholics are astonished at their inability to stop. We are familiar with the symptoms. See large numbers of potential alcoholics among young people everywhere, but try and get them to see it. As we look back, we feel we have gone on drinking many years beyond the point where we would quit on our own willpower. If anyone questions whether he has entered this dangerous area, let him try leaving liquor alone for one year. If he is a real alcoholic and very far advanced, there is a scant chance of success. In the early days of our drinking, we occasionally remained sober for a year or more, became serious drinkers again later. Though you may be able to stop for a considerable period, you may yet be a potential alcoholic. We think few to whom this book will appeal can stay dry anything like a year. Some will drink, some will be drunk the day after making their resolutions and most of them within a few weeks. For those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We are assuming of course, that the reader desires to stop. Whether such a person can quit upon the non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he will drink or not. Many of us have felt we have had plenty of character. There was a tremendous urge to cease forever, yet we found it impossible. This is a baffling feature of alcoholism as we know it, this utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. How then shall we help our readers determined to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us the experiment of quitting for a period of time will be helpful, but we think we could render on ever greater service to alcoholic sufferers and perhaps to the me medical fraternity. So we shall describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking for obviously this is the crux of the problem. What sort of thinking dominates an alcoholic who repeats time after time the desperate experiment of the first drink? Friends who have reasoned with him after a spree, which has brought him to the point of divorce and or bankruptcy, bankruptcy, bankruptcy are mystified when he walks directly into a saloon. Why does he, or what is he thinking? Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. This man has a charming wife and family. Okay, excuse me. Um, I think we ended at thinking. 
I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. It's, it's the best part, right? Okay. Thank you so much for your service. And now we have our speaker from New Jersey, Sean. Um, we're ready for you. I am Sean, I'm a uh, compulsive a reader and an alcoholic. Um, I don't, uh, this isn't my favorite thing in the world, but uh, this is what we're supposed to do when we're asked to do something. We do what we're asked, um, unless we physically can't do it. Um, I, uh, I get very nervous public speaking, so I do my best here. The, um, you know, I, to uh, qualify, I was, uh, I, um, at a young age, we, you know, we, I was, uh, come from a very dysfunctional home. My father was an alcoholic. My mother was a compulsive overeater. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, physically, sexually, and mentally abused as a child. And, uh, I only say that and don't get into gory details just to say that we can recover from everything. Um, and then, uh, you know, starting at a young age, I had a love affair of food, period. I just love, it was a comfort to me. I, I was, a, I come from a family of, uh, I have nine siblings um, in a blue collar neighborhood. Um, and uh, I just, I just loved food. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love, you know, I loved everything about it. And, uh, you know, it's before I could ever love anything else. That was the first love in my life. And, uh, and it just became, uh, you know, it became tough to deal with at times. You know, it's, uh, you know, differently or whatever. When I was younger, it just wasn't acceptable to be big, heavy, fat, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it was worked my whole life to take weight off instead of learning how to accept the fact that I was, I had a disease and I was, um, you know, I was addicted to certain foods. And, uh, you know, it's uh, in the in the early, basically, I got sober first, you know, I, uh, I get my bachelor party, I, alcohol is, is a big part of my story. So I'm going to talk about alcohol a little bit in my story. Um, at the age of 22, I, I got sober, my bachelor party was my last blackout drunk. I, um, got married, sober, found God, had a child all in six months and, uh, had two children in a year and a half after that. So it's, uh, and then just started to actually try and, uh, attempt life, um, in, in a, uh, in a normal fashion and not be, not abuse things. Like I had always, I abuse everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to, I could be addicted to anything. So I have to use these steps to, um, to live a normal life. And uh, early on, I was so foggy that I just did what I was told and just kept moving forward. But in that, I abused the hell out of food the first years of my sobriety um, and got to my biggest at that point in 1990. I, I found OA and uh, I got I got how abstinent um, because the how was the big movement in my area at the time. We had this huge meeting um, and uh, I got five years of clean abstinence and 
and I, I gave it away. You know, I gave it away and I just couldn't get back. Um, and repeatedly, and, and that's, it's funny that this is the, uh, this is the chapter we read for me to share. I had a year yesterday. It's not my first year. It's my seventh first year. Hopefully I can have, you know, <laughs> I can keep going with this, but, you know, to keep it simple, I got to keep it in today. Just like I sponsor a lot of people in the other program and uh, I, uh, I had to take this just as seriously as I took alcoholism. And that's where I failed <clears throat> in all my other attempts. The, uh, I, think, I think it was before this, I had come back before the pandemic um, was going to the meet, this meeting in person. And, uh, and uh, met Kim, I met Kim and, uh, and I'm jumping way far ahead further. My kids are old now, older, moved out. You know, I just moved on with life. I probably lost 1300 pounds over this course of time in between, got several points of abstinence. I know I'm jumping ahead, but what's most important to me in this reading and what's going on in my life today is my recovery today. Um, and. Uh, Kim pointed out to me after all that, it's like, you've been sober all this time. All you keep talking about is your sobriety and alcoholism, but what about the first step? Like you got to take the first step in this program and screw the rest of it. You know, you just got to move forward. And I'm going to read this. I, didn't, I don't know if that's okay. I can read. Um, I'm going to read this. It says, this is, this is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people are presently, like other people, or presently may be, has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inadvertently followed by still less control which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to, to a, we are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in grip of progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. So for me, I just got worse. I got worse and I got better. I got worse. I got better. I got, but until I accepted the fact that I was totally, totally, um, it, it had to be life or death for me, no different than it was for alcoholism. Um, and, uh, I, I, and I just, I didn't get it that time either. You know, I got a period of time. I got, I don't know if I got a year or close to a year. It doesn't matter. Um, I just, I got close to it um, and I just, I just wasn't able to get it. And I, and I blew up again. I, and in my last period of time, I mean, you go back, I've tried everything. Um, I swore that I would never use a drug to do this and uh, never did till this year, last year. And I mean, this new thing that's out and I'm not gonna, and uh, it made me sick and, uh, and it brought me to my knees and it brought me to the, to the conception of 
exactly what Kim tried to tell me in the very beginning of the last time I tried to do this. And, uh, you know, I reached out to a friend who is now my sponsor and I told him where I was at and he's like, well, we can do this. And uh, we just started going forward with it. And, uh, and to do that, I, um, I had to, I had to do step one every day and just keep remembering that this is life or death for me. Um, there's a lot of things that I ignored over time. And when I was younger, even though I was big, I, you know, even though I was heavy, I was able to do things. I was, it didn't slow me down as much as it did as I got older. And, uh, and that was my excuse. It's like, it's not hurting me. I'm, you know, my health is good. My doctor told me I was the healthiest fat guy I ever met. And, uh, but I'm going to die from it if I don't change my ways. And I obviously didn't listen. And, uh, but this time, uh, you know, as of right now, this is where I'm at. You know, I, I've, I've lost quite a bit of weight and, uh, I, I had to get going on this and study the book flat out, just study the book and live it no different than I tell my guys in AA or anybody in OA is that it's, it's, it's life or death. And until you, until I had to accept it as life or death, I repeatedly did this reading to myself. I would pick up and I couldn't get back. And then I would get back and then I just, I would do it. And then I would go back and it was repeatedly and repeatedly. And you do the math. It's been 30 something years that, you know, um, I've been doing this and it's just because uh, I was introduced to it in 1990 and I, and I been back and forth ever since. Um, I never lost my sobriety in AA, but this, I didn't take it seriously. And that that's the end result is I just didn't take this seriously enough to do it. Um, you know, I, I, I got, I got with my sponsor and we started doing it and he, you know, he, you know, he just, he broke it down really simply for me and told me to start over, forget everything I've ever done. And uh, in the past, and let's start over. And, and that's what I did. I took it very seriously, you know, and, and just to qualify some of the stuff I'm talking about, not to just skim over it. It's like the stuff I was ignoring my, my lower legs were starting to turn color. Um, I had pain all the time. Um, my age and my abuse of my body was catching up to me. And, uh, and I was at my highest weight that I ever been. I was a couple pounds, less than 400 pounds. And, uh, you know, I needed help. I, I, I was brought to my knees and, uh, you know, it's, uh, so it, it, it's been, a, it's been a journey this year, I, a few weeks now I'm jumping around, but a few weeks prior to this to having to do this because this is the scariest thing in my life is to talk in front of people. Um, but I was told I had to give service because that's what we do. Um, I, I was, have, I was struggling. I was struggling because, you know, that's what we do. We run to what makes us comfortable. And, uh, but you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm working the program as life or death. You know, I keep repeating that, but, um, 
we, you know, I got started with my sponsor and, you know, he's like, you know, just, we're just going to do this one day at a time, you know, you do it and, uh, you know, send me your food, do this. And, you know, and I get into my, everybody has a different food plan, my food plan. I just, this is what we, this is what we've agreed upon. This is what I do. I send them everything every day to the best of my ability. But in reading that chapter and then remembering what I learned in the big book prior is that I have to be honest to the core. When I started writing everything down every day, I just realized how easy it was to lie about stuff. So if I'm not honestly, if I'm not fearlessly honest in everything I do, working the steps and doing my food every day, I, I'll fall. I'll fall quickly, you know, and I've done it repeatedly. So it's the honesty, it's the fearless honesty that keeps me sober today. Um, you know, in the beginning, and it's not about the weight loss. You know, it's like when when I do this, and I know I hate I hated hearing it. I thought it was a bunch of horseshit. It's like all I want to do is lose weight and feel better. You know, I don't want to. You know, that's it. It's all I cared about. You know, I didn't care about the mental obsession or any. It was like, what am I doing now? And 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 it, you know, I could repeatedly go over some of the stuff that I've done. I did the juice thing. It was supposed to be like fifteen to thirty days. I if you could fifteen to thirty work. Oh, I'm going to do more. I did seventy. I mean, sixty three days. And you want to talk? Be afraid of a fart. That's don't do the juice thing, right? So we and and that's a that's an easy example of all the things that I would do but there were things that I said that I would never do which was take medication or have surgery and that's nothing against anyone else that's just what I swore that I would never do I didn't get the surgery and I did take medication so it's like what you know what are you what are you willing to do to get sober if I'm willing to do all that why not do this you know, um, and it, you know, he asked me what my first goal was and it had nothing to do with the weight. And, and I hope I don't offend anybody. I'm just me being me. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, and I said, I just want to be able to wipe my butt without hurting my back or hurting myself. You know, it's like, and he thought, no, no, really. I said, no, really, that's really my goal. You know, that's it. I just want to move forward and, you know, stop hurting you know, mentally and physically. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and in the book, you know, if we really get deep into the book and, and be honest about it, and every time we read the beginning, it says our primary purpose is to stay sober or abstinent or however you want to say it and not get abstinent or sober, stay abstinent and sober, you know, and it's, uh, it's, uh, that's, all the things that I have to keep remembering that I've been taught over and over and over again. I'm a very slow learner, but when it gets in there, it's in there, you know, it's, it's, uh, and for me, it's, uh, and for me and what my recovery has been over the past year, because it's probably been, you know, I got to say when I was how absence was very clean absence, but I did not do what I'm doing today. I did not slow down. I did not bring it back to a daily reprieve. I did not 
I was not truly honest and it wasn't life or death because it wasn't killing me to, that I know. But this is a slow death, more slow than alcoholism, I assume. You know, it's, it's uh, and uh, for me, the slow death was hurting. You know, it's, uh, you know, I get to the point where my kids are raised and, and uh, you know, it's just me and my wife at home and I want to live life. And, and, and I, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't do anymore. You know, if I was to be honest with myself and the people around me, we weren't going on vacations at certain places because of how, you know, large I was, you know, all these different things that slow, you know, where I had had to be honest, you know, and get back to being honest to the core where I couldn't do things. And we were, she, my wife was avoiding things with me because of that. And, and it was like, I didn't, I want to live life. You know, I want to be free of the bondage. Isn't that what it says? Be free of the bondage, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's not. And again, it's not just the weight, but it's the healthiness mentally and physically. It's the uh, it's the ability to be honest about everything in your life. Um, and the healthiness of of living the steps. You know, I got to I got to keep remembering I, I was blessed enough to work the steps. And, and I don't when I early, early on came in and I keep saying this, it's like I was blessed to have um, the meeting that I went to in the very beginning to get my foundation as strong as I did to know that this was it, that I had to come back to this. And, and it's like. It, getting that foundation in the 90s gave me the ability to know that I have this is it this is the only way to get true peace with food and my my walk with food and, and it's always I always said I can't alcohol I put it down I, I don't have to pick it back up but food I got to eat every day well, the reality of it is I don't have to eat my aunt. When, when my sponsor told me recently and why I woke up to some of this stuff was that you don't have to eat your alcoholic foods. Anything that I eat in an alcoholic fashion, I don't have to eat. I don't need that to survive. You know what I mean? I, I have to eat to live, not live to eat. And uh, I move on with my life. So when I was able to do that, and, and I... When I went through the steps originally, I was blessed with, um, I had a sponsor who was a woman, was totally against my will, but there were not a lot of men in the program. And she was of a different religion. She was stern. She made me do the steps in writing right out of the gate. And it was just like, I was so blessed with that. Um, which gave me my foundation today of, uh, you know, both in, I got more out of the steps and did more in the step work in OA than I did in AA um, in the very beginning, which gave me my foundation today. And, uh, and I knew that the my foundation being built on that rock is what brought me back here today. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if I got off the beaten path, but you know, it's, uh, I, I don't have, 
I only have a year. You know, I mean, I have a lot of history, but well, truthfully, I only have a year. And in all reality, I have today. You know, and it's all we all have is today. And if I can slow it down every day and get on my knee, I mean, what I was taught in the very beginning was you get on your knees every day, you thank God for, you know, you ask God for an abstinent day or alcohol free day. And at the end of the day, you get back on your knees, you thank them. And, you know, you lean on them throughout the day. You know, you make calls to, you know, you get a crew. And, you know, you call on that crew when you have problems, when you need help or whatever. And you get in the middle of the boat because when, you know, we we don't shoot our wounded. And, you know, they'll love, you know, they told me they'll love me until I could love myself. And, uh, you know, and then then you move on. You keep going. You do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. Years don't, to me, it's just whatever. I need today, you know? And, uh, you know, the repeated abuse to myself, like it's saying in this chapter of trying to do it your own way, your own way, take your own will back. It's, uh, you know, take it from me. It doesn't work. You know, if I could tell anything to anybody, it's uh, the vigorous honesty in step one. You get past that, you're all right. You're going to keep going, you know, and, and that's how I was able to do it this year. You know, and, and I just, I don't know if I'm early or late or that's really all I got. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Sean, for that wonderful, wonderful share. <laughs>